second and three to be precise. Lewis still in the backfield. Lewis gets the handoff. Lost the football. It's on the ground and picked up by the Carolina Panthers. Henry. Big hole up the middle to the end zone for the touchdown. They need to get a touchdown. Down 17 at this point. Second and 10. This is for Henry. Henry with blocking down the sideline. To the five. To the end zone. Tannehill's been around long enough that he could see these coverages pretty easily. Tannehill on the move. Going to keep it. 10-5. Touchdown. So Tannehill finds the end zone with 2.49 to play here in the fourth quarter. Kyle Allen had an efficient day bouncing back after a disastrous day in San Francisco a week ago. Two touchdowns on the day for him and did an excellent job as the Titans tried to pressure him. Four and one now as a starter yeah. this season for the Panthers. And Ryan Tannehill, two and oh in his last two starts, comes up on the short end this time. Once again, the final score, 30 to 20. Every game is critical. That's why we're going to get back to work and, and understand that we, we put ourselves in position to play meaningful games in November. Unfortunately, today, uh, we didn't take the step that we needed to, but there's a lot of good things that showed up there in the second half that we're going to have to try to build on. And we welcome you into a Monday edition of Morning Drive here on ESPN 102.5 The Game. Great to have you in. Nick Braden, D-Mace, and Marquise, the whole crew with you, coming off of a game yesterday where the Carolina Panthers defeated the Tennessee Titans 30-20. to In Charlotte, North Carolina, the Panthers now 5-3, and the Titans 4-5 and on the season. Boys, I would love to come in here this morning, ticked off for greatness, <laughs> calling for heads, saying this, that, and the other thing, showing you know a ton of passion and vitriol and rage. But mm-hmm. last week I said Panthers by 7-10 to points. I felt it in my bones all week, so I can't really be mad if I saw it coming, can I? Um, no, not really. Um, this is what's happening to this football team. Um, it's now starting to be it's starting to become a a burden on the defense. Um, this is what happens in the National Football League. Um, come November, December, teams start separating themselves from others, um, and. If one side of the football is not pulling their weight, and you're, and you're, and you don't have that transcendent player, um, you're going to start to slowly slip, and the team and the side of the ball that was playing really well start to decline. You know why? Because you're putting too much pressure on those guys to perform at a high level. Not every game, every play, they got to perform at a level every play. That's that's you know it it's unfair to the defense and, I, and the defense will never say anything but it's unfair to them and they've had to hold up this this sort of herculean effort for the last 9 games and we saw the last 2 weeks that the dam is starting to break against against offenses yeah they're good but they i mean Kyle Allen was throwing darts yeah, yesterday. Yeah, I mean, like, James, I mean, <laughs> Tampa's offense, they put up points yesterday, too. Yeah. Tampa's offense was good, but not great. Uh, Carolina's offense is oh, good, okay. It's not great. Christian McCaffrey's great. Yeah, <laughs> but the Titans are starting to make okay offenses look a lot better than what they are. And if this offense don't start staying on the football field, 
for long periods of time, we're going to see a defense that's going to start to struggle. Malcolm Butler's down. They oh, got. Um, I was gonna say, you, you said yeah. the dam was about to break. Well, uh, the, the wrist is broken. Exactly. And, well, I, and, didn't I say that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said on Twitter, yeah. I said his wrist is broke. And, you know, and, saw, I saw it. His wrist is broke. He, Same thing happened to me. I would be surprised if he comes back at any point this year. If he does, I'll take it as a victory. I mean, he he but, more like he can come back yeah. because he's a defensive back. Um, he probably more than likely to come back, um, but it all depends on where this team is at. But you're starting to te- you're starting to see a team that's starting to erode, and I'm not saying like erode, meaning you know Vrabel's losing losing the team, yada yada yada. I'm just saying the defensive side of the ball, which held them up for you know the first half of the season, they're starting to get tired and beat up now. Yeah, it's like that that, that movie star in the movie where you somehow find yourself hanging from a really tall location, like a building or a cliff or a tree or something. And you you got like two hands and like a knee on something, and then all of a sudden you're down to like two hands, and then you're down to like one hand, and then you're down to like one finger, and all of a sudden you're just sort of hanging there, right? And and that that's like I think that's how it feels watching the team is that you're just sort of slowly like you kind of faked your way into two wins. Let's be honest, the Chargers should have scored on the goal line. Um, Jameis and the in the Bucks went up and down the field and and had to settle for field goals, and then gave you two two turnovers inside the ten yard line. We said last week, you take the wins, the wins are great, you celebrate them, and then you move on. But if you're going to play those types of games routinely in the NFL, you're not going to survive. And to me, it's about the like the biggest takeaway from yesterday. And, and like you said, Nick, there's not like, I didn't expect him to win. I didn't expect him to go in there and win. I didn't expect Kyle Allen to be that good on third down. Um, he was far too productive and accurate on third down, I thought, for, for, for my taste, if I'm a defensive... And, and, again, that's the worst the defense has played. But to your point, Derek, it's because they've had to carry them through the entire first half of the season. Where is the game plan in the first half? <laughs> Where is the game plan? Like, what, you mean you, two carries for Derrick Henry? You, you spend – not yes, of course, but, but more than just that. You, you spend all week installing a game plan to attack a particular team's set of players, principles, philosophies, adjustments, what, whatever. And why is it that Derrick Henry has two carries against the 27th-ranked rushing defense in an entire half of football? Why is it that they've gone scoreless four times in the first half in their last nine games? And again, not Hard all to that, do in the modern NFL. Not all that's – I mean, like, again, Arthur Smith, why are you coming into the game – and again, I'm not putting it all on one guy. It's on the quarterback. It's on the offensive line. It's on the receivers. It's on the offensive line coach. It's on, it's on everybody. It's on Vrabel everybody's got to carry their burden in this. But my biggest issue is just why does it look like your team has no clue what to expect when it takes the field on the first drive for, like, the first six drives? And and like and the way they did it yesterday, too. Uh, well, sack, drives over, punt. Okay, well, fumble, drives over, punt. Why is Deion Lewis in the game? Even though he had a decent game, why is he in the game fumbling instead of Derrick Henry? Okay, okay, another punt, another sack, another punt. Like, you don't, it doesn't look like you know what you're doing in the first half. And... Like, okay, fine, you open it up and you threw the ball around in the second half. Well, that, you know, Marcus did that against Jacksonville when they were down 20 to nothing. Like, it's anybody, mm-hmm. anybody can do that when the defense softens up. Why is it in the first half? And this is, again, a big part of this is the offensive line. Ben Jones not playing yesterday. You, you know, you've got a different center in there. That's a huge factor. Why is your game plan never sound? That's a question that I come away with yesterday going, all right, another scoreless first half. 
Nice. Good job, guys. Clearly, you prepared well. Got to give credit. A great tweet last night. Uh, Mike Herndon, who runs Music City Miracles, the SB Nation Titans blog, he tweeted out something to the effect, and I'm paraphrasing, that the Tennessee Titans basically took the wrong game plan and playbook the last two weeks to the office on Sunday. The Buccaneers were great against the run, but yet the Tennessee Titans this past week against, against the Panthers used it against Carolina, who can't stop the run, and they only ran Derrick Henry two times. It was yeah. like they had the wrong game. Like You remember back in the day uh-huh. when you'd rush out to the door to get to the school bus? You grabbed the wrong notebook. And you grabbed the wrong notebook, <laughs> or you grabbed the wrong lunchbox? Uh-huh. Arthur Smith grabbed the wrong playbook the last two weeks. I mean, it, it, yeah, it just, you know, it, it just seems like um, this team doesn't know, you know, what to run or when to run it. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, that's the case, but it, that's the way it seems uh, from the outside looking in. Um, when you chose, when you choose to put Deion Lewis in a game instead of Derrick Henry, I don't get that. Derrick Henry shouldn't come off the football field um, unless he has to, um, and 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 it, it showed uh, when he was on the field in the second half. They ran the ball down their throats. Uh, when you choose to take him out of the game and, 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 and employ another off, offensive philosophy, you struggle. Um, the, this team. I mean, that drive, Derek, that you're talking about with Derek Henry. Yeah, the first drive like, in, the third, in the third quarter. Cle- the half, clearly, yeah. Arthur Smith walked into the locker room and said, hmm, I guess we should run the ball with Derek Henry. Like, why? why they did it they, they came out on that drive like their season yeah. was yeah. hanging in the balance. But they were fired. It wouldn't surprise me if somebody gave out a, a Nick Saban butt chewing in the locker room but, because they came out firing. Like, but to your point, Derek, like if that's the if that was the game, like they came out in the second half and ran the ball with Derek Henry right down their mm-hmm. throat and scored a touchdown. If it was that hard to figure out, why weren't they doing that in the beginning? I have no, I I have no idea. Um, Sometimes you you have offensive coordinators and you know they they want to try to do one thing when they should do the other. Maybe um, you know they were trying to get guys the ball that hadn't gotten the ball um, you know the, the week prior. Um, so I mean it was just it wasn't a it wasn't the game plan that you thought you would you would see um in the first half. Now in the second half they got more they got back more into what we thought they would do in the first half. But in the first half it just it was something that you know it was like they were trying to force something that wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Titans fans, we will take your phone calls all morning long. 615-737-1025, the number 737-1025. Your reaction, your biggest takeaway from yesterday's performance as the Panthers beat the Titans 30-20. to 615-737-1025. It's Morning Drive live from the Wholesaling, uh, wholesaling Studio powered by RumbleOn.com. We're back after this with your calls on ESPN 1025 Game. Welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 1025, the game, 737-1025, the number. If you want to jump in and react to the Titans game on yesterday as the Panthers beat Tennessee 30-20, to the one thing I want to get to is, and I tweeted this out yesterday, and I just tried to make like you know make, a, make light of it and make a joke out of it. You know the John Travolta gif you can use on Twitter where he's standing around in the room and he's looking around like, where's all my help? Am I the only guy here? I'm not a GIF expert. If, a GIF, if you've, GIF expert. A GIF it's expert. from um, Pulp Fiction. From Pulp Fiction. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I love that. Like, it? He's holding the jacket over his arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like he, that, that's Dean Pease. Like, Dean Pease <laughs> is in a room by himself, sur- except he's surrounded by incompetent coaches. Because I was thinking about this yesterday. 11 penalties, 
three turnovers. And the penalties were so egregious at times, like the face mask penalties on the offensive line. Like apparently Keith Carter now not only coaches poorly, but he says if you're going to get beat, don't grab a jersey, don't tackle anybody, just grab the face mask and rip them down. (laughs) But to, to Keith Carter's defense, he can't do anything about that. He can't do anything about Taylor Lewan false starting and face masking and yeah. and getting beat around a corner. Every big play he, they had, Taylor Lewan penalty. He is supposed to be the best or top two or three left tackles in the National Football League. Carter can't do anything about that guy getting beat like a drum. Well, I texted you yesterday about Taylor Lewan. You're not a boss when you're off the sauce. Yes, and that's what people are going to uh, – no, it, it is what it is. That's what people are gar- going to start to think. He put himself that, in that position. Exactly, it, it is speculation, that, but you guys are totally right. You know, that now he's got busted for this, and since he's come back, he has not played well. He has not looked like the Taylor Lewan that we saw prior to the suspension. And, and it's not even just like he's physically being overmatched. He's just making dumb mental mistakes that like a first or second year tackle would make. Exactly. In year six. It's just I I, I don't get it. And, you know, it was the it was the offensive line across the board. Um they didn't especially the first half, they didn't play well. Uh, you know, they were getting stupid penalties. Uh at one point in time, they had three straight penalties. I mean, three straight penalties. They were they were marching the ball, they would get a big play penalty, big play penalty. Uh pass interference, oh, a penalty. It was a what was it a thirty yard pass interference or a forty yard pass interference? Oh, penalty! Bring it back. I'm like, what are you doing out there? Mm-hmm. Like, come on, y'all got to play some discipline football, especially on offense when you barely score any points anyway. This team, from an offensive standpoint, I mean, they 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 are basically shooting themselves in the foot, and that's something that I can't blame the the uh, offensive line coach for. When Taylor Lewan gets beat around the edge, when guys get bulldozed straight up the middle, when guys are holding, you can't blame the I mean the the offensive line coach for that. He's just teaching the technique. Now you got to go out there and, and and implement that technique that he's teaching. Um, so, but as they say, either you're allow either you're teaching it or you're allowing it to happen. So maybe he's allowing it to happen, or maybe just maybe they have nobody else to put in there. It, it, it's yeah yeah <laughs> uh-huh um i i just think it's it's funny you you go back and watch like you watch the game and then because i hate myself i go back and watch it again and and you go like you watch a play and you go all right this one the receivers didn't get off coverage okay this one Tannehill waited too long and missed the throw this one the offensive line didn't block well this one i didn't like the play call this one i did it's just it shouldn't be one out of six plays where i'm like oh nice play like, that's just not how it should work. I'm not suggesting it should work all the time. That's not normal. The The other guys get paid millions of dollars and coach great defense and, and play great defense, too. So it's not like you're going to – even the best quarterbacks in the NFL are still going to throw 20 or 30% of their passes into the ground. It just, it's just a part of the, 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 percent, the percentile. But I, I, we shouldn't be watching an offense, especially in the first half, where they have time to prepare and script a, a, a plan against what they know they're going to see a team's strengths and weaknesses. We, this is not week two. Mm-hmm. You know what Carolina is, and you know what they do well, and you know what they don't do well. And I, I, we should not be sitting here on, like, one out of every six plays saying, all right, good design, good execution. We, we shouldn't be sitting here on five or six plays out of seven and going, you know, that, that whole unit failed, or that design was terrible, or the, the offensive line can't block, or, like, it shouldn't be some, like it shouldn't be all of these things. If it's the offensive line... 
okay, fine, right? We can say, okay, the offensive line's an issue that's affecting everybody else on the field, which which it is. But it also shouldn't be, okay, the offensive line plays well, they block on a particular play well, Ryan Tannehill makes the read correctly, and then he looks downfield and none of his receivers are open. Like, is that the design? Is that the receivers? It just It's always something. It's mm-hmm. always something. And, again, it, it opens up in the second half. Consistently, they've done that. And, and against this you know particular defense, when they sort of had a – I mean, they were up 17 nothing, guys. Like, come on. It was, they, were, they had a 17-point lead at halftime. They, they cut it to 10, and then immediately the, the – you know, you get the stop, and then you get, the, you get fake punted, mm-hmm. right? Like, that, we could talk about that play where – you know, they actually – that's the first time in the game I felt like there actually was a glimmer of hope with some momentum. You go right down the field with the correct game plan by using Derrick Henry to score a touchdown, cut the lead to 10, and then you get a stop on defense, and they run a fake punt on you. Well, Ron Rivera, <laughs> kudos to him. He sensed momentum was going in right, Tennessee's 100%. favor. Mm-hmm. Three and out, Titans are going to be right back on the field. And I don't think Ron Rivera is a great coach. His win percentage for his career is around 56%, but he's been to a Super Bowl – the only thing that holds me back from thinking Ron Rivera, Rivera is really, really good is the up-and-down nature of the Panthers. They never seem to string together a bunch of good seasons in a row. But I thought yesterday was what you saw. The, like, Ron Rivera compared to Mike Vrabel, and I know Vrabel's only <clears throat> halfway through year two, I think there's a major difference between what Ron Rivera is and Mike Vrabel. Uh, yeah. Um, and I don't love hmm, Rivera by any stretch. I mean, Rivera... Rivera was on the hot seat. Yeah, before he Kyle was, Allen but, saved his bacon. I mean, True. this is a guy that was not, he's been two time, you know, coach of the year in the National Football League. Um, so, you know, he he has what what we would deem skins on a wall. Um, now it's hard for you to coach when you know your 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 franchise quarterback and and Cam Newton is just so beat up that. You know that he really shouldn't be out there, but he is. Um, and you felt you couldn't put anyone else in there. Now they have, and Kyle Allen, and Kyle Allen is along with Christian McCaffrey. Um, they've guided this team to a what five and one record, um, somewhere around there. Um, and and Vrabel just, I, I don't know what it is. He, there wasn't a major uh, coaching decision at the end of the game that he screwed up yesterday. Yeah, he there's did. that. It's just. Good job, coach. It's almost as if he he has no more answers, and that's I don't know if that's good or bad. Honestly, I really don't. Um, but he good has no more answers. Like if something happens, it's it's just like okay, let's just go out there and play good defense, a good offense. He don't have a <laughs> counter, uh, and maybe because he has an inexperienced offensive coordinator, um, and then you rely so heavy on the experienced defensive coordinator that the experienced defensive coordinator is like listen i, I can only draw up so but, many but think, think about what you just said though with the offense it, it's the perfect recipe for offensive ineptitude you don't have a franchise quarterback your offensive line is a disgrace yeah. and you have a, a rookie offensive coordinator i mean that you put those three ingredients together and you get a total disaster for one side of the ball yeah and, and listen we we said this you know we talked about this at the beginning of the year we all want Arthur Smith to do well, uh, but a guy that's uh, you, you got a quarterback that's on his a uh, last year of his deal. You got an offensive line that struggled last year. They didn't change anything, meaning they didn't change the offensive line coach. And then you have a first year offensive play caller that has never, and I mean never, 
call plays in a game. In no game. College, high, none. Never call plays. I don't know if he. Are you, are, high school, I appreciate sure suggesting he has that he hasn't called a play in the NFL? Exactly. He has not called a play consistently in the NFL. Now, he might have suggested some plays, but he hasn't called a play in the NFL. You put all of that together, this is what you get. You know, this is what you get, a bad offensive line being coached by a first-year offensive coordinator that is learning on the run. And, oh, by the way, your quarterback is it's, it's, it's so up and down. That, that position has been so up and down. Then the guys on the outside are not consistently getting open. And it's just, it's like, what do you do? This, this is a situation where you need to have a, a North Turner, a coordinator like that. You mean the guy who was calling the only plays other side. for exactly. Kyle Allen to throw BBs into you, your defensive and coverage? I think all you, you needed game. a you needed a a a coordinator with an experienced coordinator yeah. in this in this particular. Now, if he was coaching, if if everyone knew that Marcus was the guy and the offensive line was what they were two years ago, and and everything was like okay, we're a good offense, then okay, you could put him in there and they can deal with, they can work through it. But this was a recipe for him not to succeed. And, and yeah, and, and again, you give up four sacks because the offensive line's not great at pass protection. I get that. That's not what's, that, that's what's frustrating. That's, that shouldn't have been the, the story this, this game. The story should have been you're going against the 27th rushing defense in the NFL with Derrick Henry, and the only thing Roger Saffold can do well is run block, run behind Roger Saffold. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, like the game plan still just boggles me. You, you, I think that you, can I be the play suggester? Can we start a new, can we get a new, like, <laughs> A new role. You said maybe he suggested some plays in the past. <laughs> Can I be the play suggester who sits next to Arthur Smith and just says, Psst, hey, I don't know if they're giving you the right look for off-tackle, Z-motion, right, <laughs> halfback trap, but, like, run Derrick Henry. Uh, I just had That's a great idea. Suggester. Here's suggestion. what you do. Nissan Stadium will hand out handheld electronic devices. And to increase the interactive experience of the Uh fan, you will actually get to vote on what play Arthur Smith calls (laughs) before the snap. It would be a tremendous way to get fans involved. You get a sellout. You feel like you're a part of the game. But the Titans' Wi-Fi would be so bad, we'd just get screwed up anyway. And and it's only a suggestion. It's not locked in stone. We we all get to be play suggesters. They need to hire 43% say off-tackle left. All right, let's go off-tackle left to Derek Henry. How would they call that in the huddle? What's the play for off-tackle left? I don't know. <laughs> you still have your uh, your playbook from last um, week in here. This is where my bag. This this team, this offense, and 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 this team is just. I, I I'm not gonna say it's downright bad, but it's bad. It's inconsistent. Um, one week you have receivers making plays, next week you don't. Brown has to start to learn. Do not. This is not college football. You can't be pushing off on people, okay? You got to learn how to use your body. You got to learn how to get inside, slightly get inside Chicken that guy wing. and bump him a little bit, then come across. You can't just run up on a guy and push him. That's like the second or third time you've done that this season and been called for. And I'm sure and I'm positive, I will bet everything that I have that Coach Rob Moore is telling you, yeah. young man, you can't do that. This is not college football anymore, okay? Dude, you are a good player. Now you got to your big body ain't gonna get you. It's only gonna get you so far. You got to start learning how to play the position. And I'm, you know, you give him a pass because he's a young guy. But when you see that you do it the first time, okay, we're gonna coach you out of it. Don't do it no more. You can't keep doing it. You can't do it a second time. 
You got to learn fast in this league. All right. Great incentive for you to be listening in the 7 o'clock hour today because ESPN 1025 The Game Nashville is sending one lucky listener and a guest to Dallas for the Winter Classic Celebration Flyaway. Listen for your chance to qualify this week at 7 a.m., which is in our show, 11 a.m. on the midday show, and 3 p.m. on the afternoon show. A winner will be announced on Friday, November the 15th, during Jared and the GM at 5.30 p.m., and the grand prize includes round-trip airfare, hotel accommodations, a pair of tickets for the Preds and the Stars of the Cotton Bowl on New Year's Day. The prizes are courtesy of Outback Concerts. For more details, visit thegamenashville.com. So again, be listening in the 7 o'clock hour this morning at some point when we go to commercial. Ooh. In the 7 o'clock hour, you will hear a cue to call. Now, you're not going to win, but you are going to qualify to be a winner. And obviously, the grand drawing will come on Jared and Floyd's show in a few days. Morning Drive, back after this. Back in here on a Monday edition of Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5 The Game. Corey Curtis from News 2 will join us to talk Titans coming up at 7 o'clock. Darren McFarland to talk Predators at 9 o'clock. We'll get to the Vols coming up next segment. We'll get to some hockey over the weekend, also the cocktail party. But I'm thinking about this yesterday as the Titans game came to a close. Uh, and I was looking at the schedule. And you, you look at the two games against the Texans. You look at the Saints, you get the Chiefs next week, Mahomes and Breeze are going to be back. It, it felt like when I first looked at it, the only two winnable games left are Jacksonville and Oakland, but you got to go to Oakland, and don't look now, surprise, surprise, John Gruden's 4-4, four and four, and maybe the Raiders aren't as much of a, a joke as we thought. I, I don't know where the wins come at this point. With this offensive line, the quarterbacking, the offensive coordinator, I'm almost at a point where I think I'd rather see this team just keep losing to get a better draft pick because finishing 7 and 9 just keeps you further away from finding your quarterback. Yeah, it might. Um I mean if you look at um you know the games the, the remaining games with the guys they have, you know, that are hurt. Uh, you got your your number one corners down. Uh I think you have one of your linebackers. Did Jaron Brown come back? I don't know if he came back or not. Um, but he went out yesterday. Um, you got Ben Jones in concussion protocol. Um, you know, it's it's not looking good for your team from a uh, attrition standpoint. Um, you know, this team is 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 getting just like every other team. But you know, I think because they relied so heavily on one side of the ball, you're starting to see um, those injuries start to have an effect on what they can do um, defensively. Um, you, you look at the guys that have come up, the teams that have coming up. I, you know, I'm not going to say where are the wins going to come from because knowing the Titans, they'll mess around and beat Kansas City, you know, um, and then end up having, you know, end up being 5-5 five and five again, 500. So <laughs> there's some games in there that, Oh, they'll you know, be Kansas City by 30. Yeah, there's some games <laughs> in there they will win. But it's not where would the wins come from. This team is not making the playoffs. Um, and if I if they make the playoffs, I would be I wear a Titans. I go buy a a Marcus Mariota jersey, and I wear it for a whole week straight. Could if it, they if they make the playoffs, could it, could it be a onesie? I can't fit with a like, onesie with like a little oh, flap in the back onesie? so you can go to the bathroom. Um, if the if the Titans make the playoffs, you have to go on social media in a Titans speedo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 
Live during the show. Don't worry. You're not going to have to do that because it's not. There, there's, no, it there's, has to happen live during the show outside, yes. so it's very cold. Oh, yes. hell no. But there, there's, there's, honestly speaking, there's no way this team can make the no. playoffs with the coaching staff and the offensive line. There's no, just no way. I, I totally agree, but I will completely push back on sucking for a better draft pick. I, I don't think that's a, an important thing. I just pulled up all the, the ratings, quarter, the best quarterback ratings in the NFL for this mm-hmm. particular year. Again, it's not meant to be an end-all, be-all here. It just is a, a list of good players, right? So, Russell Wilson, number one right now in the NFL in quarterback rating. Where was he drafted? Uh, third, third round? Patrick Mahomes, number two. He was a 10th overall pick. Kirk Cousins is number three. Uh, I believe he was a fourth-round pick. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson is number four. He was the 12th overall pick. Uh, Matthew Stafford, number five. Okay, number one. Uh, Derek Carr was a second-round pick. I believe the first pick of the second round, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, Aaron Rodgers was the 23rd overall pick, right, because he fell. Dak Prescott, third-round pick, fourth-round pick. Jimmy Garoppolo traded for with a second-round pick. Jacoby Brissett, I don't think uh, I have no idea where he was drafted. Fourth, um, fifth-round pick somewhere right now. Tannehill was a first-round pick, but I want to say, say he was like eighth or ninth overall, something like that. Teddy Bridgewater was like the last pick of the first round. Matt Ryan, okay, pretty high draft pick there. I think he was, what, number two behind? Two. Number Was he number one? Or was Flacco? I can't remember that draft. No, Flacco went number one. Uh, um, Ryan, They both went, went pretty high in that yeah, draft. Yeah, Ryan both went top 12. High. Yep, Lamar Jackson, one of the last picks of the first round. Uh, Case Keenum, you know, Phillip Rivers, pretty high draft pick. Carson Wentz, number two. Tom Brady, sixth round pick. P- point is... I'm going down this list. You know, the, yes, there is Jared Goffs and Baker Mayfields and and you know these guys that are top top level picks. There's no question. But I just read off the list the top 15 or 20 quarterbacks according to quarterback rating, and very few of them were drafted in the top 10. I, I don't I don't need to be one, two, or three to find the guy. I, I think that's a, a misconception. You need to be one, two, or three to get Trevor Lawrence. Bigger to question: get Peyton Manning. Do you trust John Robinson to find the guy? Whoever that is, whether it's I, I Herbert, mean, Fromm, Eason, because right. we're going to assume two I, I, is off the board. I, I don't want any of those guys. I, I'm, the more, Burrow would be the only one I'm interested in. I'm not. The more and more this season has gone along in college football, I, the, I, the less sold I am on Justin Herbert, the less sold I am on Jake Fromm, even though he played extremely well this weekend against Florida. Um, Tua, I think, has major questions. I, I just don't see a guy this year that is the guy you you go get from a transcendent talent standpoint. Um, next year is Trevor Lawrence, and that's the guy I would go get. But that guy is actually you're going to have to be number one to get him. So the the, the key is is can you find the Russell Wilson or or the guy in the the late first or early second round that that is good enough to be that? Maybe Joe Burrow is that guy. Maybe he is. Now we've seen you know eight games of action from him against like two good defenses, and I just don't know yet. Um, the the point is is if you can find the guy and you believe he is the guy. You can move up from 19 to 12 to get him. You, you can move up from 16 to 7 to get him. It, it, you, you, all you got to do is give up an extra pick or two, and you can go up and get your guy. But see, that's the thing. Is I don't want to have so, to give up one or yeah, even but, two picks because like, I want to get the quarterback, and I would literally – like if John Robinson found his quarterback, mm-hmm. whatever round, whatever pick it is, do they have six picks or seven picks? I don't know what they have next year in the draft, but I would spend every other pick on guys in the trenches. Offensive line, defensive line, quarterback – yeah, let's, and, let's go. And I think their defensive line, I mean, Harold Landry had a Because you love the offensive line this year, right? The offensive line draft class coming yeah. up in 2020 is going to be really, really good. So I, I agree with that. But if we're talking about spending a draft pick on a quarterback, what does it matter? If you if you get the guy that you love, who cares if you give it up an extra pick or not? Like, all that matters is that you find your franchise quarterback. Did it matter to the Chiefs? No. They went up and got Patrick Mahomes. So it, I think you, you cross that bridge when you get there. I would much rather be playing competitive football games in December and January as a fan. 
as a fan, I'd much rather know that my team is in games, and and even if we lose and we don't make the playoffs and we're eight and eight, at least I had enjoyable football games because you only get so many yeah, games. See, a but year. that's where I I'd disagree. So you would rather stay in this middle of the road purgatory of just average football? No, no, I'd rather be competing for a playoff. But they're not spot. competing. Let's be honest. I mean, I know we can look at the standings and say, yeah, they're two games out of a wild card. What is this team going? Where are they going? They're going nowhere. Well, again, it, so why don't we just let the bottom fall out and, and have a better April? I, I'm just telling you what I would want as a fan. I'd much rather be playing in interesting and meaningful football games because I only get. 60, but see, that's it. I only to get 16, you, it might I only be get interesting. Of them a year. When there's twenty thousand empty seats at Nissan Stadium, the fan base is telling the organization you're not interesting. Well, but that's that, you're not interesting. You're not a compelling product. Uh, you're a seven and nine, eight and eight, nine and seven team. You are the equivalent of an eight seed in the NBA playoffs, like the Atlanta Hawks were all those years, where it was just like, all right, yeah, well, we're going to win forty-one games, and then we're going to get it handed to us. Yeah, and that's better than being two and fourteen every year, like they were for a while before that. So I, again, I just I come at it from a different perspective, and that's fine. Everybody can have their own perspective. I don't think you. I don't think you gain. But by just giving up and not watching your team and not having any enjoyment at all for eight for seven weeks, like I'd rather have a team fighting to get into the playoffs and maybe falling short because I know I can go from seventeen to ten and get a draft pick. Like I, I'd much rather have a team that wins a couple of extra football games, gives me a little bit more joy on Sundays, and and maybe competes for a playoff spot like they've done each of the last four years than a team that is just so atrocious that I just tune out and don't even watch a second of it because I have no interest whatsoever because I think that's going to give me a 5% better chance to get the guy I want. There's no there's no guarantee. The Bear, Look at what the Bears are going through with the second overall pick when they passed on Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. There are major questions about Mitch Trubisky. And, and traded up to get Trubisky. And traded up to get him. So, like, it doesn't <laughs> – the, the point is, is, sure, do you want number one so you can get Trevor Lawrence? 100%. That's in two years. There's no, there's no player that I'm – like desperately fawning over in this next yeah. draft class that tells me, oh, he is the answer at quarterback. And if he is... No, I'm with you. I don't love any of these quarterbacks. And if he is the answer and John Robinson decides that guy is the answer, then you can trade up to get him. And, and, if, you, and if you lose a third-round pick to do it, who cares? You've got the guy that is the future at quarterback. So, like, it, I, I just... I, I think you should stop. Like, I personally, Titans fans, just forget about that. There's no guaranteed quarterback that's going to save your franchise in this draft. Maybe there is. And if there is, John Robinson will get his guy. But in the meantime, I'd rather be competing for a playoff spot. That's just me. You, D-Mace, would you rather be in the mix in December fighting for 500, or do you want the bottom to fall out? If I'm not making a playoff, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, give up games. Uh, but, um, you know, you, you, you'll start seeing coaches um, toward the end of the season. If they know they're not, not making the playoffs, you'll start seeing them do things. Um, that they wouldn't have done, like making guys active, making other guys inactive, uh, bringing up bringing up guys from from the practice squad, young guys, and giving them an opportunity. Um, Anybody who's just got a sliver it, of an injury yeah, is going to be on the likely, bench. You know, yeah. it's like the whole Delaney Walker thing. I think you know they're just they're just keeping him out now. I, I don't think you know. I don't think he's maybe he's. Just knowing Lanny Walker, it's like, man, I know if he he wants to play. Now, whether they are suggesting that he sit down or not, that's a different story. I don't know. But a guy like that, if they were in a true playoff hunt, I, I think he would be bat playing by now, uh, unless the injury is that severe, uh, which it could be, it could not be. I don't know. But 
it just seems like now they're in this in this in this mind frame of okay we're going to hold him back. We're not, we're, we're going to allow him to rest, let these young guys play because the likelihood of us, us making the playoffs is very slim. And as much, again, as much as I want to see them play off, make the playoffs, um, this, this season, it, well, he, not, here's it, your exact, not, here's your exact percentage. How did I become the, the optimist in the group? I thought I was the cynic and the pessimist. No, no. How did I become the optimist? No, I'm done here? with this team. Here's the percentages of making the playoffs according to CBS Sports, uh, Sportsline data, predictive analytics. They have a 2.9% chance to win the division and a 5.3% chance to make the postseason. They are currently the 10th seed in the AFC. Yeah. I, this all comes. This is not about like how awful it is to watch Titans games right now, or their percentage chance to make the playoff. To me, this is all about the fact that I think where you pick in the draft is significantly overrated. Okay, I, I, the Patriots win six Super Bowls and they pick thirty second every year. They, they still somehow figure out how to find good players. I, no, I just, it's it's not it's, overrated. It's if Trevor Lawrence is available, it's not. No, I, I don't but, think it's overrated. I just think that you know you got to have the right people picking. That's hundred percent. It it's not. I don't think. You but know, the difference between twelve and nineteen, like really, like that's not going to change your franchise. Uh, it might. It might. It's, it has. I mean, it changed. Jeffrey you know, Simmons Houston's, went nineteen. It changed you know? Houston's fortune by drafting De- Deshaun Watson. I think eleven or twelve. But they you know t- what? They were tenth, but they weren't in the top ten. Regardless like of where they pick and what quarterback they get, whether it's the right guy or the wrong guy, if they don't get an offensive line, this guy's going to end up dead too. Well, that's that's yeah. that's a fair assessment. I, I, again, I. I'm just saying there used to be this Jimmy Johnson theory that like the first pick was worth 10 times as much as like the 11th pick and I just think we've all realized that that's not the case anymore that you can build a winning franchise picking 22nd every year. You can build a great franchise picking in the 20s because guess who all the good teams are? Baltimore, Green Bay, Pittsburgh, you know, New England, all these really good stable franchises that have great people deciding on their talent. Mm-hmm. You know, make good selections all the time, and and it, you can win a fr- you can win a bunch of Super Bowls picking in the twenties. I just I think it's a little overblown because look at the, look at the what the Browns do, right? Like the Browns are picking in the top ten every year, and they, they got they, a bad coach. They screw it up every time. They so just like, got a bad coach. That's what it is. I just think it's it's to your point, Derek. It's more about who's picking, but it's I don't know. I just I would rather be in a playoff hunt than worry about picking ninth versus sixteenth. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I just. You can get a good player at either spot. Tennessee had a good win on Saturday. They did what they were supposed to do. We'll give a little love to the Vols coming up next. 651 back in here live on a Monday edition of Morning Drive. Nick Braden, D-Mace, and Marquise. Corey Curtis from News 2 will join us to kick off the second hour of the show. And don't forget, be listening in the 7 o'clock hour for your chance to qualify for the Winter Classic Preds and Stars giveaway and fly away to Dallas for the Cotton Bowl on New Year's Day. But let's give a little love to the Vols. I know it's only UAB, but you were about a 13-point favorite. You beat UAB, a 6-1 and team from Conference USA, 30-7. to Offense didn't look great, but you capitalized off of a ton of mistakes by UAB. So I think a solid win for the Vols, rounding into form. All that matters, number one biggest takeaway, all that matters is you maintain momentum. You are building momentum now if you're Jeremy Pruitt. You appear to be a better football team. You just keep keep it going. You cannot afford to give it away over the last month of the season. And you got you got the job done as an 11.5-point favorite, right? Good teams win, great teams cover. Um, that's a good UAB team, and, and you dominated them 30 to nothing basically the entire way they got the touchdown late. Um, I, I wonder, I, I, as I'm watching the game, though, 
and I know Jarrett Garantano. His name starts with the it's it's Garrett Tano, by the way. I don't know if the broadcast team noticed that, um, but it it there's part of me. It's like should he have been out there? Like I I don't know. Like I know he's taken a beating in his career. I know he made a huge mistake. I know he felt like he owed his team. He clearly gave them the best chance to win, but the hand, I mean, every time he took a hit, I just was like, oh, my God, that's got to be painful. He's grabbing the hand the entire time. Mm-hmm. He literally can't walk around with it like a normal person. He has to walk around with it, like, up in the air so that the blood's not rushing to the hand anymore. Like, I, I just don't know. I, I, it's not, I don't think there's any coaching malfeasance or anything, so I'm not, like, fired up about it. I just, as I was watching the game, I just kind of thought, you know, is it worth it here for this young guy to, to be out there taking shots on a surgically repaired wrist, like, this week? Mm-hmm. Uh, you got JT Shroud, who clearly has some ability. I mean, maybe he thought this win was so important that he had to play him. I, I don't know if you guys felt that way or not. Otherwise, you know, offensive line rounding into form. Uh, defense played excellent football. Special teams are solid again. Got the best kicker in the entire country, probably. They're one of the only teams in America that can that can make a kick, NFL or otherwise. Um, so, a great win. Great momentum builder. Keep it going. Three big games to the end of the season. I just, there's part of me that was like, man, it felt a little early to throw Garantano uh, back out there. He, he gives them the best opportunity to win every game moving forward. Um, if you take away that, you know, that mistake he made, uh, where he just basically went rogue, um, he's had a good season. Uh, hadn't been great, but it's been a good season. But I think people look at that mistake and they just think, oh, my goodness, this guy, has he's had a horrible season. But, no, he, if you look at his numbers, his numbers are compar- comparable to Jake Fromm, and we did that last week. Um, but he's not their starting quarterback. Yeah, he's not their starting I mean, quarterback. That's, that's, and, I'm not sure the broadcast team knew that either. Yeah, but <laughs> my thing is this guy moving forward, uh, if, the, if the risk doesn't get any worse, he's going to be the best option for them to win football games. Um I would and, assume Brian Maurer would be back this week, I would guess. And I think they I, – honestly, I wouldn't put him back out there, man. I wouldn't do it. I, I, would, I would talk with his parents, and I wouldn't do it, man. Because you, of all the headshots? Head yeah, the yeah. head injuries. I wouldn't yeah. do it to the kid. I'd just say, you know what, just sit out the season, the rest of the season, and we, you know, come back next, next year fully healthy and we're ready to go. But I would not put that kid back out there again because I guarantee you – he get hit again. He's gonna have another. Con- he's got. If they put him back in there, he's gonna have another concussion. And then what do you say to what do you say to what do you say to to your team? What are you saying to your team? What do you say to his parents? Mm-hmm. You know. And then the big story is not going yeah. to be you know UT. You know they're on this win streak. It's gonna be UT throw a, a freshman quarterback in there after um, consecutive head head trauma. I mean, so if, he, if he's I, cleared, though, what do you like? What do you say? I, I would you know? still leave him out. I, okay. I can't chance it as a head coach, knowing that he's he's a young guy. He still has three, yeah. four seasons left. I would sit him out and say, "This is for your own good. This is where being a coach come into play." If you say you care about the young man, mm-hmm. you, you care about his well being. He's already had what two concussions? Yep. Shut him down. He's done. He's a quarter because he's gonna hit. He's gonna get hit again. Speaking of caring, yeah. the, and the, the broadcast team on Saturday night was the, the analyst who kept screwing up the name was Kelly Stauffer, who I believe is a former NFL offensive lineman, if I, if I recall correctly. I, 
could be wrong on that, but it is it's a pretty simple name to say. Garantano. Uh, it's it's not that. I, like I think it's more difficult to spell than say. It's not that diff, I mean it's not that easy to say, especially but, since no, he, especially since he changed the pronunciation of it this year. But, but like, like Garantano? Yeah. He's well, Garantano. He botched it five ways. Yeah, he did it like four different ways. The the difference is the play-by-play guy was getting it right. That, yes. That's what's so fascinating to me. It's like you're sitting right next like, to your colleague. Are you literally not listening to him? Like are you not listening to the guy in the booth with you calling the game? Like, it was driving me. No, I almost wanted to mute the game because he's going like the the play by play guy said it right most of the time. And and again, I got a text from a buddy who was like, "Do they not know that he's the backup quarterback? Like, I guess they just for I, I, it's true. Like they they were they were they were acting like Jarek Irritano, who again also can yeah. some if you don't know the team extremely well, he was the starter last mm-hmm. two years and he was the starter going into the regular season. You, maybe you don't know that he's been benched for a guy who's got multiple concussions. You'd assume that that's part of your job. To know that, you would know that. Um, but again, it's like, just say the guy's name right. Like it's what your only job. You have one job. It's like the kickers in the NFL. Like you have one <laughs> job, and that is to pronounce Let's names. Not talk about kickers correctly. Oh my goodness. By the, the way, I, did you see? Did you, I think I saw this number correctly. The Titans are last at forty six percent of made field goals in the NFL. <sighs> that that is uh, oh atrocious. Goodness. Even Alabama laughs at them. <laughs> And out of, out I gotta believe Bama's no above forty six percent. To laugh at anybody when it comes to kickers, maybe John Robinson's trading up in the first round to get Tennessee Volunteers kicker. Uh, maybe that's what it is. They don't need a quarterback. First of all, <laughs> first quarterback, unbelievable. Uh, I got a good. Speaking of broadcasters, later in the show, I got a DM on Twitter at midnight Saturday Ooh, night. Somebody slid up in your DM. Somebody slid oh. up in my DMs that works for an NFL broadcast team on television. Mm. Okay. Well, I'll, who, I'll tell who you, you who I'm going to go back and immediately check next tweet. I, see, I'll give see you the story ridiculing. coming up later in the show. But <laughs> this just goes to show you the sensitive nature oh, of people. Man. Everybody's too sensitive. <laughs> Wait, everybody's somebody a, everybody's got emotional in your DMs? You want, should I just give it to you right now real no, quick? No, no, I, no, 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 no,